like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, um, today I was out for a walk with the dogs and interesting thing happened. Uh, we were attacked by a bunch of chimpanzees riding armor-clad unicorns. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a big battle. I had a walking stick with me and I took on two or three of them while the dogs uh, battled the other four, but eventually we rose victorious, took the unicorns and went out for ice cream. Wow. Hope there was enough ice cream to go around. <laughs> there, there was, there was plenty of ice cream. We've got an ice cream factory right up the road. So there's plenty of ice cream. Um, so there's that. Well, for all of you who are wondering what the heck we're going to talk about this episode, um, we're talking about lying. And that was an interesting one. You know, it's funny because I don't even put stories about unicorns and ice cream factories with uh, chimpanzees. I kind of forgot all the parts of your amazing story. But I don't put stories like that in the same category as lying because to me, that's we're off into my favorite part of life, which is dream world. Um, that's what authors do. We, especially with fiction, we just dream things up all the time and it's fun to share it with other people. So, so when, you're, um, when you're, when you're three or four, what's the difference between something you're making up in fantasy and a, and a lie? Well, I think there's a lot um, in brain development, but I think for the kid, it's mostly um, all this kind of dream world is a form of play and it's a form of, you know, either imagination just in their own head or trying to verbalize it or with somebody else. Um, but what we would, what we often talk about as a lie is the, um, it's part of moral development and it's an effort to please somebody else. It may be a misguided effort <laughs> to please somebody else, but it's, it's quite intentionally different. I mean, the um you know a story about chimpanzees and unicorns and ice cream factories is pretty cool and to me i would just run with it and we'd start telling a story or i'd probe what you know what they wanted to tell me about it and let them carry on um just show interest and support of wow that's a pretty neat idea then what happened um but that's different they're trying to they're trying to amuse themselves and explore ideas themselves but when a child is trying to please you <laughs> Um, no, I didn't spill the crackers. Wasn't me. <laughs> um, it was a chimpanzee and a unicorn. It, it was. When they're trying to um, 
put themselves in a good light because they're afraid of your wrath uh-huh. Um, or they know the rules and they know they didn't quite follow them <laughs> or whatever that type of thing. If they think, um, if you say, oh no, the, you know, the, the milk's all spilt and they can tell from your tone of voice that you're not pleased about <laughs> that. So they don't want to have anything to do with it. So this is partly self-preservation and partly because you're in a relationship with them that they want to please you and make you happy. So they're going to say the words that they think will please you make you happy and help their self-survival that's that's it that's what i say is the fundamental difference between the two types of sort of uh, um, non-realistic speaking so how do we deal with it is this stuff i mean we need to spend a lot of time and energy and and create a lot of friction with or is this this part of growing up and and we just kind of address it minimally or I mean, well, I think we have I, to understand. I, I don't, we, the, don't child, to, we don't want him to grow up. We don't want him to grow up to be the uh, the John Lovitz, the liar character he used to play on on uh, Saturday Night Live back in the what was it eighties, and we don't. I mean, but it's like a it's like a stage they go through, isn't it? Or isn't is it something more than that? Well, I think lying is is pretty fascinating. It shows how sophisticated brains are, and even at a young age. Um, but really, when it comes to lying, it's a hot topic for parents. But kids, um, I think the more we understand child development behind it, the more we, we don't make it such a, um, I don't know, a, a something that we want to punish and pounce on. Yeah. Your reaction as an adult matters a whole lot more than a child's lie, how you react to something like that. They are lying to express wishes. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, and this is, you know, this is not something necessarily kids grow out of. It, it stems from feelings sometimes. So yesterday I was driving um, my 11-year-old to school. He takes the public bus, but we have to get to the bus stop. And I said something about school. And he said, I'm not going to school today. And I said, oh, where are you going? <laughs> and he said, I'm going to the candy store. I said, ooh, <laughs> that sounds interesting. What are you going to do there? And he said, I'm going, are you going to eat the candy or are you going to, you know, run the shop and sell the candy? He said, I'm going to eat candy all day long. (laughs) And so, um, you know, he got off, got on the bus, went to school. I didn't contradict him that he's like, yes, you're going to school today. But we were both kind of following along with his candy store comment. And when, when he got home from school at the end of the day, I said, how was your day at the candy store? And he laughed and, you know, so Sometimes it's an expressing a wish, a fanciful kind of magical realism wish. And it happens no matter what age. Uh-huh. Um, some, sometimes my husband will say, today's Saturday. I'm not going to work today. <laughs> I'm going to the candy <laughs> you know, store. So, yeah, I'm going to the candy store. Um, so this is not something I think the wishful thinking part doesn't have to be something we grow out of. And it doesn't have to be something we stamp on and say, no, that's not right. You're actually going to school and we're picking you to the bus stop. We can just allow that feeling. It, it, I could kind of feel the, the good fellowship emanating between the two of us as we're chatting about this great candy store that he was going to run. Uh-huh. Um, because who doesn't want to run their own candy store? How fun that would be. Kind of like Charlie and the that. Chocolate Factory pretty neat. So that is one set of lies. And those ones, I think uh, there's no harm in going along with them. Or if you, if you don't just let them talk, you don't have to um, perpetuate the lie if, you, if that really makes you uncomfortable. But there's that other 
part of lying, which um, gets under our skin for most adults a little more, which is when they're trying to control their world and escape some sort of shame or blame or punishment or, or just please us. Um, so that one, sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes it's it's just so obvious um, when when one of my little guys was was sort of three, he was quite interested in everything my husband did as far as projects around the house. And he'd kind of want to get into his nails and get into this and that. So when there was a can of open paint, he dipped his fingers in. Ooh, this is interesting stuff. (laughs) And uh, he'd gone, I don't know if he'd gone to the bathroom or something, but he left a paintbrush and a can of open paint in the barn. and, And my youngest one found it and came out and he had... I wish it were red paint. That would make the story much better. It was white paint because I couldn't say I've caught you red handed. <laughs> he was totally white handed. He had it smeared on both hands and across his face and on his clothes. Oh, no. And I could, you know, I could smell it. I could see it. And I knew his personality to know that he'd been experimenting with the paint. So instead of saying, did you, it's that kind of, it's restraining yourself from doing that immediate uh knee-jerk reaction of, did you touch the paint? Well, why would you ask such a dumb question like that? Because everybody knows the answer. Even the bird in the tree looking down on you guys knows the answer to that. So instead, reframe it. Take a breath and reframe it and say an observational statement. It looks like you just touched daddy's paint. (laughs) And of course, the kid especially if they're young, will say, no, not me, which is exactly what my son did. No, Uh there's all this paint all over him. (laughs) And so I say, hmm, show me where the paint is. Not really a a judgment, just a, hmm, Uh (laughs) let's go look at the paint can together. And then you talk about the paint and, oh, this kind of paint isn't the kind that will wash out, unfortunately, (laughs) and whatever else you need to. But it's not um, like, you know what they did. They know what they did. You don't need to catch them in what I call the lie trap. You need to bring them back to the scene. If it's something they shouldn't have got into, you need to explain why and then involve them in, say, cleaning up the mess or whatever it is. That will help them feel some redemption. We all need forgiveness and redemption, and they'll feel that inside if they're helping to clean up. Uh Uh, But you never have to catch them in that lie trap because you're not asking the question, did you touch the paint? Or and they say no. You say, oh, yes, you did. You know, you don't need to go back and forth in one of those forever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that stuff, it just builds, it builds animosity and friction and, and doesn't, doesn't accomplish anything positive. Right. So, and you can also do things. I think it's important with the younger the kid, the better. But you can do this even if you haven't to date, if you're working with a 12-year-old or whatever age, is to let them know that the truth makes you more pleased than a roundabout way of thing. So you can just say, I really, I know that you wish you hadn't done that, but it makes me really happy when you just say you did it right away. Because if they know, it might not be easy, but if they know that's what makes you the happiest and they want to please you for their survival, they're going to be more likely to try to please you. So um, for example, I had a, um, a broken, I think it was a broken light bulb or lamp a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a lamp crashed on the floor and there was a kid who was far away from the scene. <laughs> and I would say something like, I see the lamp is on the floor. Just a total observational statement. 
And then the kid says something like, yeah, it fell <laughs> just out of nowhere <laughs> on its own. <laughs> and then give them another fact or observational statement. I know lamps don't just fall by themselves. I mean, maybe if you're in an earthquake zone, that's different, but we don't live in an earthquake zone. Um, and so you can say things, if they're continuing to de deny something, say, um, when you when you break something, even if it's an accident, I want you to tell me about it. Um, I bet you wish you hadn't done it. That's a good one. And as soon as you say, I bet you wish you hadn't, they'll often say, I barely touched it. I was doing this and then this happened and it kind of all spills out. Uh -huh. So if you're not accusing, but you're making yourself open to listening and open to that feeling, because I remember what it felt like to smash one of my mother's mixing bowls when I was a kid. It was one of those days where I came home from school in elementary school and no one was home. And I, I must've been listening to stories about good brownies. Cause I remember thinking, I'll do something helpful. This was not like me at age <laughs> eight, <laughs> but I remember thinking I'll do something helpful. So I was putting away the, the dishes that were by the sink that were all clean. And as I was being extra helpful, I broke one of them. And so I was just mortified. And when you're feeling that mortification inside as a kid, um, you just want to feel better and you want someone to understand you've got a whole host of mixed up feelings. You've got shame, you've got, you've got fear, you've got, you know, you, you feel rotten about whatever it is. So to have the adult stay calm and say things like, oh, I bet you wish you hadn't done that. And then you can you can empathize and it feels so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you carry that stuff with you a long time. <laughs> um, I, I, Monday I was out for a walk, Heather, and I had uh, this big black pickup truck kind of slows down and then stops a couple yards in front of me um, on the street that I'm walking down and window comes down and uh, dude, I don't recognize says you're Jeff, right? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Because I know I'd never seen this truck before. Don't know this guy. And he goes into the story how 26 years ago, he worked for me in this community center I ran. We had, you know, it's one of those, those summer programs where kids, four, 13, 14, 15-year-olds work 20 hours a week or whatever. And he was in this program. And I ended up firing him because he stole a six-pack of Coke. And so we went through this whole thing, kind of what we're talking about here, about him lying about it and me knowing he was lying and this kind of thing. And he said, I saw you walking and I thought it was you and I needed to stop and apologize. Oh, and my gosh. He'd been carrying this with him for, I mean, the dude's 40 years old now, been carrying it with him for, for all this time. And, and he was like, I was doing a lot of that stuff back then. And, and the way you handled it and the way I felt about it afterwards kind of kind of was one of the things that summer that 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 kind of changed the path I was going down and he he went on for like 10 minutes just sitting there uh pulled up next to me on the street and and so a lot of those like you and the mixing bowl uh, that kind of stuff it can it can be it can be something that uh that carries with us for a long time yeah no the the statement you made from that story that I just love and want to pick out is the way you handled it that's what he remembered. Yeah. So that is so, that speaks volumes. You know, how we react is what's important. Kids are going to 
um, it's part of their moral development to learn how to lie. So think of this as, wow, their brain is notching up a level of sophistication to be able to lie to me. This is amazing. My child's brain works really well. This is what we can say to ourselves when you're, you, know, you encounter your child's first lie or their 20th lie, is this is how the brain works and they're exploring and figuring it out and they're going to get better. But how I react to something is much, much more important and can give them guidance and that will they'll carry through. Um, yeah, carrying things, carrying that kind of resentment or whatever it is inside and, and shame is huge and can eat you up. So the more you can help the kid get that out and in a non-judgmental way, that's fantastic. Yeah, this dude, I, I still don't remember a moment of, of what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And and you can say, I mean, to, you know, to a kid rather to a 40 year old, you can say things like it's hard not to touch whatever it is, you know, when yeah. it's sitting right there. Um, yeah, I don't like making mistakes either. I bet you wish you hadn't done it, all those sorts of things. No, but, uh, you know, what can we do? Help them help them help you problem solve and get them involved in some sort of making amends or fix because that's that helps. That helps the feelings change and go away. Um, and acknowledge acknowledge that you hear them, that, that they wish they hadn't done it. Um, the other day I said to one of my kids, I think it was, I, I understand why you didn't tell me. I think it could have felt really embarrassing to you to tell me. But I know this is what happened. And he started then talking. Uh -huh. So empathize, try to get to that feeling. And try not to scream and yell and punish and blame for what's a very natural part of human development. And the more you do that and show that you like it when people own up quickly, um, you're setting them up for life in such a good way. Because they're getting in the habit of saying what they did. And if you can model this, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I spilled coffee on your papers and I... I, I just have to tell you right away because I feel so bad about it. If you can, you know, let's say you did that to to um, your partner, but you say it out loud in front of your kids, that really helps them see. Yeah, yeah. Now we're pro we're we're wrapping up. We're running out of time here in this episode, but you you got me thinking about this, Heather. Along those lines, sometimes kids instead of lying, they have this, they don't have any filters. And so sometimes they're too honest. <laughs> oh, yes. That's usually all the good quotable quotes for life. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that'll be a future episode when we talk about how to, how to deal with those situations where, where they have to let everybody know things that are there that are very factual, although maybe no need to be spoken in, in polite company. Yes. Um, and, you know, sometimes they're pointing out our own quiet, silent lies or or social lies yeah because you know it's so just because think about that you're not your your three-year-old is not the only one who lies in the world and sometimes um we keep the social fabric together by being kind to each other even if it may not be the the uh, kid honest truth absolutely absolutely should we wrap this one up Sounds good. Let's pull the plug. Hey, people, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. You can find Heather at heatherschoemaker.com. You can find me at playvolutionhq.com. And, uh, and thanks, for, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. And there we go.
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.